You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Today on the show, we welcome John Tupper, an astrophotographer from Fort McMurray, who will join us on the phone to discuss his upcoming exhibit at the Fort McMurray International Airport. Joining me on the phone here today, John Tupper, uh, an astrophotographer. Uh, John, how are you doing here today? Oh, well, thanks. That's good to hear. I uh, wanted to ask about, uh, you know, your astrophotography. What made you want to uh, get started into it? You know, um, when I was in university uh, a long time ago, I managed to score a pretty cool summer job working at the uh, Edmonton Space Science Center's public observatory. It's now called the TELUS World of Science. Um, so my job there was to kind of act as an interpreter at a small little observatory in front of the building, operating four or five telescopes, um, and uh, showing people the stars, what they can see in the night sky, and explaining to them what uh, what was going on, what they were seeing, and ans- ans- answering any questions. Um, then when I graduated, that uh, that hobby kind of got put on hold as, as I you know headed off into adulthood. And um, when my daughter was born, I, it was probably mm, well, she's nine years old now. Probably about five years ago, she started taking a, a big interest in um, space and. In astronomy, and she decided that she wanted to become an uh, astronaut. And I thought to myself, "Well, that's a that's a heck of a goal for a girl her age." But uh, I can help uh, kind of remove some of the barriers in, in in that goal, at least, and expose her to some of the things out there because I know how to do that. So we picked up a small telescope. Um, we started uh, showing her, you know, the night sky, the moon, some of the planets, and. Uh, then she got more interested in like galaxies and what was out there, but unfortunately, uh, Ryan, her bedtime um, didn't allow her to stay out late and, and look at some of the uh, major objects out in the night sky. So I started taking photographs, and that's sort of what got me uh, started in the hobby. And I imagine you've had uh, many many memorable moments along the way as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, in 2021, we had a, a solar eclipse coming over on uh, northern Alberta, um, and it was just the way the orbit of the Earth is and going around the sun. It happened to be an eclipse. It would be The sun would actually be rising in a state of eclipse, which is really uncommon to see. Usually eclipses happen pretty high up in the, in the sky in the daytime, and I wanted to get a picture of it. Um, but because Fort McMurray's in the middle of a forest, I needed to get somewhere high up to get a picture. So I thought, well, maybe if I could get on the roof of City Hall or something like that, it would be great. And I picked up the phone and called uh, Fort McMurray Economic Development and Tourism and said, can you guys maybe help me get on the roof of City Hall to take a picture of uh, of the solar eclipse? And uh, in a the conversation there, they said, well, where would be the best place to you know, take a photo. And I said, well, the best place in Alberta to take the photo would be as far north and as far east as you can get. Um, we fast forward a few conversations, and the next thing I know, I'm on a float plane going up to the far northeast corner of Alberta with uh, Wood Buffalo Economic Development and Tourism to a place called Andrew Lake to take a picture of the um, sunrise solar eclipse um, that would be, you know, lighting up the morning sky. And everything that could go wrong uh, did go wrong. 
Um, we set up on a on a peninsula in the middle of a lake in the middle of nowhere. Um, left the telescope there overnight and uh, went in the morning, really early in the morning, 2 a.m. Um, because it was in June, to to start getting ready to photograph. And the waves on this lake were like oh, uh, two, three feet high for a lake. And we were in this little aluminum boat, and there was uh, two boats and I think eight of us. And the boat kept trying to capsize. I, the water was spraying everywhere, and it took us half an hour just to get the peninsula get to the where I had set up and the waves were crashing over the rocks and uh, arcing right over my telescope that clouds were coming and going the wind was howling and it was just uh, wild and um, as eclipse time got closer uh, I don't know maybe Poseidon or somebody like that decided to take a break and the wind calmed down and the sky opened up and we caught a beautiful shot of the sun uh, covered by the moon, uh, 80% covered by the moon, um, rising over the, the boreal forest and the uh, Precambrian shield of northern Alberta. It was really cool because the rest of Alberta, it turned out, was under clouds. So that stands as one of the only pictures of that particular eclipse in Alberta. That's uh, tremendous to hear, John. And I imagine going out into the wilderness like that to capture some of these shots, I imagine you encounter some wildlife from time to time. Yeah, I didn't know it at the time of taking the solar eclipse photo, but uh, there was a bear about 100 yards away watching us the whole time. They they didn't want to distract me from the work of taking the eclipse, so that was uh, that was interesting. But you don't have to go out of town in Fort McMurray to, to encounter a bear. And just this last fall, my, uh, my daughter's grade uh, four teacher wanted to come over and see our telescope and, and look at some stars. So I invited him over to our house, and uh, we were out in the backyard looking at... Uh, at Jupiter, and I think Saturn was up at the time. Of course, uh, looked at the moon and uh, and some other nebulas. And uh, as, as we get on, my daughter, um, she she has mild asthma. She started coughing and sneezing, and that's not uncommon in the fall. Then I started to cough and sneeze, and uh, something was wrong. And then uh, her teacher and her teacher's um, partner started to cough and sneeze, and then very quickly, like a weird oil taste entered our mouths and and we were having trouble breathing so we all darted inside uh the house realizing that there was some kind of bear spray or some kind of a noxious chemical in the air and it wasn't until i logged onto my phone and went to the neighborhood group to find out um there was also a bear a mere 50 yards from my backyard and um it was prowling the area and fish and wildlife were out to try to get it and they unloaded a can of bear spray on the thing just to a short distance from my backyard, we didn't hear a thing, but uh, it, it sure chased us inside a, a rather quickly, and that was definitely a memorable ex- experience of um, of taking some astrophotography shots. So I guess, I guess it goes to show that uh, bears are interested in astrophotography as well. Or astrophotographers. Maybe we just have a, a different flavor than other people, but uh, I've, I've definitely had my fill of uh, bears trying to get in the way of me taking photos of the stars, that's for sure. <laughs> that's uh that's uh funny to hear john uh, i can imagine the uh, the uh, astrophotography field in canada is a rather uh, tight-knit group uh can you talk about uh, maybe some of the people that you've met over the years you know uh, it starts uh thankfully to the internet where you know you start into the hobby and like all hobbies you uh you join groups and try to learn from people learn from other people's mistakes and sharing information and as as you get better and better you meet more and more interesting people i had a really cool um opportunity to meet a, a fellow named dr peter brown at the um uwo he's uh 
A fellow that grew up in Fort McMurray in the 80s, and back in that time, he tells me, we actually had a, a small astro uh, astronomy club that'd go out to uh, Gregoire Lake Provincial Park and look at the stars, and um, he ended up going on from, um, you know, uh, high school here into university, and then he ended up getting his uh, doctorate in astrophysics, of all things, um, and he's now a press professor emeritus at the uh, University of Western Ontario. His specialty is um, asteroids, and uh, specifically, he is working to help NASA build their um, spacecraft to make uh, them more resistant to these uh, rocks that fly around uh, in outer space and, and try to smash into really, really expensive equipment. Um, that was certainly a really cool uh, fellow to meet. I had the opportunity to meet um, another retired uh, gentleman who was the, uh, once the president of the Royal Astronomical Society, and he um, did his uh, PhD thesis on uh, the color shifting of sunrises um, uh, and then how the atmosphere acts as a lens to change the color as the sun rises. So I had a really cool conversation with him as we were going into that uh, Sunrise, solar eclipse. About what to what to expect from the colors that the sun will be giving off, and, and how to best capture it. Um, but you know, it's um, it's also a very interesting hobby, uh, Ryan. Because just today, I, earlier, I was uh, just over um, at a store, and a lady recognized me from some of the astrophotography I do, and mentioned that her daughter had picked up a tele or had um, received a telescope for Christmas and was watching my photos and was starting to get interested in the hobby. And uh, she was showing me pictures of, of the moon that her daughter took through her iPhone. And uh, I think it just, um, it's a hobby that attracts a, a certain type of personality and, and uh, it's a niche hobby. So when we encounter each other, we get together, we start sharing information and telling war stories and that sort of thing. We'll be back with more from John Tupper next on Fort McMurray Matters. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. John Tupper is back on the phone with us. John, does being in northern Alberta help when it comes to astrophotography? You did kind of mention your solar eclipse story that uh, it did a little bit, but uh, in a general sense, does that help? Yeah, we have um, a few advantages being in the north, uh, one of which is uh, we have cold weather. When you're taking pictures of uh, space, it's very dark, space is very dark, and cameras, modern digital cameras, like to have a lot of digital noise on them. So the colder the camera is, uh, the better the picture is that you get. There's less thermal noise in the blacks, and the contrasts are better, and it's very technical. I have a camera that actually um, has a built-in thermal electric cooler in it that I um, use to bring my camera temperature down to minus 40 degrees Celsius when I go to take pictures. But here in the north, uh, we don't always have to use those camera coolers, and I have other cameras that I can uh, use. It'll just stay cool based on the ambient temperature. The other thing we find is when there's um, really cold air, the, uh, the thermal gradient between the ground and the upper atmosphere is much lesser. And so there's less um, warbling in the atmosphere. If you've ever seen kind of uh, um, a bus door open in the winter and you see those little wavy lines as the heat escapes the bus and, and goes out into the, uh, the air, that happens in, uh, in our atmosphere, throughout the atmosphere, when one area is a different temperature than the other. And those warbly little lines can affect your photography. So we have less of those here in, uh, in Fort McMurray in the winter. We also have um, more clear sky days in the fall and in the spring than a lot of other places, especially places near the ocean. So we have huge advantages there. Where we have a disadvantage, though, 
is that we're at 57 degrees, well, just about 57 degrees north latitude. And that means the stars, we're very close to the uh, the pole. So we don't get a lot of variation in stars. We have uh, the constellations we have in the winter and in the summer are uh, very much the same. We get mostly what are called circumpolar uh, constellations, with the exception of Orion and a couple of others. So the number of um, the variety of targets that uh, that you can pick out in the in the night sky is, is a little bit more limited than somebody you say down over in St. Catharines, Ontario, or or in uh, you know the northern United States. So you take the good with the bad. Um, that really does allow you an opportunity to you know work on the targets that you you like and and really perfect your photography and uh, you know also uh, deal with intense cold and bears. Would you say there's some destinations you have in mind for astrophotography if uh, if you have the chance? Um, I've become quite uh, obsessed with uh, solar eclipses. They're one of the most beautiful and stunning things that you can ever see. And um, if you ever have an opportunity to check one out, I, I highly recommend it. I'd like to um, to try to take a couple of trips to, to see a, a complete and total uh, solar eclipse where the moon completely engulfs the sun and it turns dark, and you can see the stars in the middle of the day. That's definitely on my bucket list. Um, I'd also like to uh, go down to the southern hemisphere um, and try to take some pictures of a few of the objects that they can see down in Australia that we can't see up here. One is an object called the Tarantula Nebula, which is this huge uh, emissions nebula that you can see in the south. It is uh, one of the largest, uh, brightest um, nebula in the night sky and if you just go on to Google and look it up it's, it's just absolutely beautiful and absolutely stunning these you know greens and purples and blues of, of cosmic gas just glowing in the night sky and that would definitely be kind of a, a bucket list item for me and I'd also like to just get down into the southern Alberta where we can get um, a chance to see what's called the Eagle Nebula now that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people but if you've ever seen that Hubble picture called the Pillars of Creation. That photo is from the Eagle Nebula. And I would really like to get down to um, to somewhere where I could get a good shot of that and see how my picture of the Eagle Nebula would compare to Hubble's picture of the Eagle Nebula just for um, maybe a reference point and, and maybe seeing just how close I can get. So it sounds like you got some things on the list. What are some cool things in the sky now? And what are you anticipating in the, in the near future that uh, you look forward to getting some pictures of? Two big things in the sky right now that you can see anywhere in Canada. Uh, in the evening, if you look out um, sort of towards the south and east, um, there's going to be a star up there that looks really, really bright compared to the other ones. It's also going to be a little less of a yellow light coming off of it. It's going to be a little bit more white. And that is actually not a star. That is the planet Jupiter. Um, anybody can see it. It's pretty easy to find. And if you even just take something as simple as a pair of binoculars and, and look at it, it's going to turn from what looks like a point of, of light in, to your naked eye into a, a round disc. Um, depending on your binocular, it could be about the size of a pencil head. And beside it, you're going to see almost in a straight line these little tiny itty-bitty dots of light. Uh, they look like stars, but those are actually some of the moons of, of, of Jupiter. Jupiter has 95 moons. Some of them are quite big and reflect enough light for us to see them. So you can see that even with just a pair of binoculars. The other uh, thing you can see right now in the night or in the morning sky, if you're a shift worker, um, is another super bright star. It'll be over off in the west, in the southwest, and it's the planet Venus. It's the 
third brightest object in the sky next to the sun and the moon. And uh, Venus is an interesting planet to look at. You can look at it through binoculars as well. But because Venus sits in between the Earth and the sun, it goes through phases just like our moon. So if you look at it through a pair of binoculars or even a small telescope, you're going to see that it's got a little bit of a crescent shape to it um, because the sun isn't illuminating the full uh, front of it. It's illuminating the side of it, and that's really worth checking out. The other one is um, this time of year is called the Pleiades or the Seven Sisters. It's a fuzzy patch in the sky that you would see kind of just after, you know, around 9 o'clock if you looked up into the uh, east and pretty high up. It would look just kind of like this fuzzy blob, but it's um, an open cluster of a bunch of stars with a bunch of cosmic gas around it, and um, it makes it look like a fuzzy blob in your eye. You put a pair of binoculars on it, and it resolves into a couple of dozen stars with this um, kind of a, a foggy gas around them, and that's just really accessible for people to see. Um the, my understanding, I read a book by a, a Cree astronomer named uh, Wilford Buck, and he tells of how the um, Cree believed that those uh, that the Pleiades were actually uh, a rocks. They were glowing rocks that the uh, ancestors um, gathered to keep their spirits warm at night. I think that's just such a beautiful story and such a beautiful way of looking at the night sky here in, in Treaty A land. If someone's wanting to get into astrophotography, uh, how should they get started? You know, I think uh, the first step is to get a telescope. And uh, one of the most common questions I get asked, Ryan, by people is, what kind of telescope should I buy? And it's a bit like asking somebody, a complete stranger, well, what kind of car should I buy? A lot of it depends on what you want to do and, and what you um, what you need. So I think my advice to people always is, first off, um, if you're going to buy a telescope, don't buy a telescope that's going to end up in your garage sale the following year because you don't use it. Get something good, something that you want to use. And so I ask people, I tell people they should seek out some expert advice. Look for a, a shop that specializes in, in telescopes. There's a few of them in Alberta. You can Google them. Um, but just like, you know, if I was trying to get a, uh, a gift for my wife for Valentine's Day, I wouldn't go onto Amazon and just type Valentine's Day basket for wife and expect to get necessarily a good result. I'd go to a place like Chocolates and Candlelight, which could provide me expert advice and, and direct me to a product that, you know, my wife would enjoy and that I would enjoy giving to her. I think it's similar with the telescope to avoid going to a big box store or going to Amazon and getting the, the first one that looks good. I think you really want to talk to a specialty telescope store that can give you expert advice, um, ask you questions about what you want to do with it and guide you in the right direction. And then once you get a telescope and you, um, you know, find your way around the night sky a little bit, if it's something that you're interested in, people usually start just taking pictures with their iPhone. Um, they can get a special holder that holds it up to the telescope lens and lets you take some decent shots. And then after that, you have to start spending money on the hobby. And uh, if you get really hooked, you end up spending way too much money on the hobby. Um, it really is a bottomless pit because I tell people you can go from I mean, you know, a $50 telescope that you can get at Costco to a $22 billion telescope that they launch in space and stick it behind the moon. And there's a price point in between $22 billion and $50, no matter where you want to go. Coming up, more from my conversation with John Tupper next on Fort McMurray Matters. Hello, I'm Ryan McNally. We're back on Fort McMurray Matters with more from my conversation with John Tupper. 
switching gears a little bit dear john your digital art exhibit is uh, coming to the fort mcmurray international airport as part of ymm's digital art exhibit launch uh what's it like having uh, your art form uh, recognized locally it's you know it's an incredible honor um to to see this art and uh, you know in my photographs featured in this way the theme uh, for this year's digital art um, exhibition is um, inspiring journeys and connecting cultures and I think if you look at sort of the history of astronomy, it's it's something that has done that since really the dawn of time. Whether you're, um, you know, the Bedouin in the Arabian Peninsula looking up at the night sky, or or the Cree and Dene and Métis here in in Treaty Eight that we're looking up at the night sky and 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 wondering what are these stars, uh, it's it's a connection that every culture has. And in terms of inspiring journeys and inspiring travel. You know, the stars were the very first tools we used to navigate uh, and to find our way around, uh, whether it was by boat or, or even by, uh, you know, caravan. And, um, you know, now we have a modern GPS system that lets us know where we are anywhere in the world. But that system is based on the form of navigation that started by using the stars to find our way around. So I think it's a very uh, fitting exhibit um, for the Fort Marine International Airport. But I'm absolutely deeply honored that they chose, you know, my specific work that features images taken from here around Fort McMurray, some of which you can see in your own backyard. I think it's just a huge honor, and I'm really appreciative of it. You've had your astrophotography featured nationally. I can think of, uh, you know, Sky News, for example. But uh, is there something special about having your photos displayed locally? Yeah, I think it um, it really uh, hits home with what I want. I've always wanted to do with my astrophotography, which is to get people to start looking up at the at the sky that's around them. So for people that are local to our region to be able to say, you know, this picture is something that uh, it's above us in the night sky every winter. I think that's really cool. It's also nice to be recognized from for your peers and from your peers and from uh, from the community as a whole. I also hope it's something the travelers to Fort McMurray maybe get a chance to to look at and realize that Fort McMurray Wood Buffalo is home to an incredible dark sky preserve. I think one of the largest dark sky preserves in the in the nation, and that maybe they could come here first for business and then maybe come back and and start going out to to Wood Buffalo National Park, seeing the Northern Lights, looking up at the the Milky Way, unobstructed by city lights, and uh, I'm hoping maybe it inspires a little bit of that too. Maybe talk about what folks will see Thursday night at the airport, and the specific photos on display. Yeah, the um, there's a few features that I have. I have a, a, a photo, a wide field photo of the Andromeda Galaxy. It's about a trillion stars that that uh, sits in the constellation of Andromeda. It's the closest galaxy to the Milky Way. What's interesting about it is that we're um, going to collide with the Andromeda galaxy. The Milky Way is going to smack into that galaxy in about 4.5 billion years. Although scientists have recently um, done some math and they say the collision is actually starting to take place already because there's gravitational interaction going on between the two galaxies. So that's there. You can see a a photo of what a trillion stars in a galaxy um, not so far away looks like. I have uh, a picture of... uh, the Orion Nebula, which is, uh, you know, the Orion is the famous constellation in, in the night sky in the winter here in Canada. It, um, within his uh, sort of looped belt um, of the constellation, there's this massive nebula where stars are being created in this big, um, beautiful ball of glowing gas. 
And that's actually, um, scientists have actually recently found exoplanets within this, um, within the stars that are being created uh, in this Orion Nebula. So it's, it, there's some huge scientific discoveries going on there, and you can see it. Um, I've actually printed out a, a very large um, print of it that will be um, up for sale that evening if people are interested. There's um, the Pleiades, there's a couple of other galaxies, and the most interesting one to me is a nebula um, called IC1848, but it's commonly called the Sol Nebula, and I never really thought it looked like much of a soul until my friend Richard Covey from Edmonton pointed out that if you turn it sideways, it looks like a bison. So I didn't believe him, and I went out and I took a, a couple of nights' worth of exposures of this nebula and put them together, and uh, it's an incredible um, bright nebula with these drippy, gaseous columns going on in it, and it looks identical to a wood bison. Um, and I thought... Here we are in Port McMurray Wood Buffalo. Um, around this time of year, you can take a photo of a nebula, a ball of gas that looks like a bison. How beautiful is that? I've got to show everybody that. Um, and beyond that, there's um, oh geez, there's a there's a ton of photos. I think I've got uh, ten photos that'll be on display that evening, and about uh, nineteen photos that'll be available on the uh, Fort McMurray Airport website. So there's a lot uh, a lot for people to explore. And if people would like to purchase your work, uh, how can they do so? I've never been, um, I never went into this with the thought of selling my artwork, but uh, in working with the airport, um, they thought that it would be good to offer the public uh, some of my prints for sale. So if you come to the event uh, between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on February 1st, that's uh, Thursday, then um, you will see the, uh, the the photos that I have there up for sale, um, and some of them for silent auction. And beyond that, um, most of my work is displayed on my Facebook uh, group, the Fort McMurray Amateur Astronomy Enthusiasts uh, website, or sorry, Facebook page. And if um, people can contact me through that or they can contact me um, through my email, jonltupper at uh, gmail.com, and uh, you know, I'd be happy to show them my work. And if they're interested in getting a print, I'd be happy to work with them on, on doing that. John Tupper, Fort McMurray astrophotographer. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, you know, I just really appreciate the opportunity to, to take this, um, uh, you know, uh, take this hobby to sort of the next level. And uh, it's also a pleasure working with uh, with Harvard Media and, uh, you know, play 1037 and uh, 105 Cruise FM because this part-time job helps uh, pay for my part-time hobby. Awesome, John. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you so much and have a great day, Ryan. That was our show for today. A big thank you to John Tepper for joining us on the show today. Tomorrow on the show, we have another busy one planned here for Fort McMurray Matters, so I hope you can join us then. I'm Ryan McNally. Have yourself a great day.